What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, friends, and welcome to the Papaya Podcast. I'm your hostess, Tran Hermostis, Sarah Nicole, and each week I'm going to be dishing out some sweetness mixed in with some seeds of wisdom or something like that. So get ready to get inspired, get candid, get real, because we are all in this digital space together. I'm so excited and honored to have today's guest on. I'm a huge fan of hers. And we've recently connected in real life because we are doing something pretty collaboratively cool together. Today, I'm welcoming Leslie Hampton. Leslie is an Anishinaabe artist and fashion designer focused on mental health awareness, body positivity, and authentic representation in fashion, film, and media. She's the creative director of Leslie Hampton, an Indigenous-owned size-inclusive clothing and accessory brand based in Toronto, Ontario. She's also assigned Curve Model and Speaker on Indigenous Entrepreneurship. Leslie has been described as an important Indigenous face in the Canadian fashion landscape by the Globe and Mail. And it's said wherever her career takes her, activism and style will always go hand in hand, according to the National Post. She's been featured in such amazing publications such as Vogue, and I'm so excited to have her on today to talk about our little collaboration together in the Papaya Box with Nix. Enjoy the show. Hi, Leslie. Hi. Thanks for doing this with me. This is, uh, we, for those who don't know, we were actually together. It's like my, one of my first in life human experiences. And in, in the last little while, we did a little shoot together, getting ready for the papaya box. But I'm just so stoked you're on today. So thanks so much for coming. Absolutely. Yeah, it was incredible to do a in-person photo shoot for the first time in over a year. <laughs> Yeah, I felt like, because you actually do modeling, so you have a bit of, like, experience in that, but I felt rough that day. I felt like, oh my gosh, I'm having to relearn. My favorite part of the entire day was when they were trying to delicately tell me that a vagina lip was popping, and I was oh. like, what? <laughs> I was like, I guess on my bodysuit, I hadn't, like, done up all the class, and they're like, if you just want to adjust, and I'm like, is my vagina out? Is that what you're trying to tell me? But it was honestly like I saw I felt a little rough and I was a little rough, but we knocked it out. That was a good day. And we got some really cool stuff. I'm so excited to see like neither of us have even seen the content yet that have come from it, but it's going to be awesome. But today is as this episode goes live is also National Indigenous Peoples Day. And you are Canada's shining star when it comes to Indigenous design and fashion, but you have 
such an amazing world when it comes to your designs. And I've been such a fan because your work is so unique, truly, and also with such an underlying message to almost everything you do. So let's just start off, give yourself like a little intro and how you got to where you're doing and what you're doing today. Absolutely. Yeah. So my name is Leslie Hampton and I'm an Indigenous artist and fashion designer. I'm a member of Tomogamy First Nation, and I also identify as a third culture kid. So I grew up internationally for the majority of my upbringing, and I ended up going across two hemispheres, five countries, all before I was 18. So I really love to experience different cultures and really understand where I am and just learn from the incredible people that are around me. And then coming back to Canada, I was 18, and I always knew I thought I was Indigenous, but to really understand what that meant within the Canadian landscape was a learning curve for me. And to figure out that how rich of a culture Indigenous people have, and it's not what you always see in the news and the stereotypes that are on TV and, and film. So to, to really discover my Indigeneity for myself was something I always wanted to do and figure out how that can be combined and intersected with my third culture kid upbringing. So on the fashion side, I studied art studio and art history at the University of Toronto. And then I figured out that everything that I was creating was very much on the body or had a conversation around mm. what you put on your body and what that put was put out into the world. Um, so it was just a quick, easier jump over to the fashion world. And I completed the fashion techniques and design program at George Brown College. But I actually started my fashion brand the, the first few weeks of George Brown. And I took what I was learning during the day and put it into my fashion in the evening time. And I did that because I had such a vision for how I wanted to change the fashion industry. And I really was really eager. And I might not have known everything right at the beginning. And I, I probably still don't know everything that has to do in, with fashion. But I'm so eager to change and, and see more bodies like mine take up space in the fashion industry that I really wanted to create that shift. And, and that's kind of what I push for every single day within my brand and my work. And it is really, I think what's different about you is you were doing it before it was cool, if that makes sense. Because like now there's a bigger push for it, right? But when you started, what kind of roadblocks did you kind of see or, or the gaps? Does it does it feel like there's been a massive shift in the last few years, which is, which is a really great thing. Like that it mainstream goals should be what it's about. But when you started, it was like, incredibly niche because yeah. there was almost nobody going up to, you know, a three X in, in terms of anything. So how was that kind of having that shift? Yeah. So I started in 2016 and one of the first celebrities that I addressed was Penny Alexiak, who is the four-time gold medalist Olympic swimmer. And she is very tall and has an athletic build and no, no sample sizes of any Canadian designers or any of that we could find fit her. So we did a custom piece for that. And just to know that I was shifting and, and making someone who is so accomplished at such a young age feel comfortable and confident um, to, to take on the red carpet and to, to represent herself in the best way possible was really eye-opening for me that there was no other designers at the time catering to those beyond sample size body shapes. And we just took it from there and continued to expand as much as we could and, and just welcome every body shape and every type of body into, into our space as a brand. All right. So now you also have something different that you, you said that you kind of had this focus in the beginning where you saw yourself being drawn to like these body conversations and then, you know, integrating 
these different sides inclusivity as this need became more and more prevalent, I would say. And as, you know, someone like an Olympic swimmer can't even get something to wear like that, that just goes to show you that it doesn't even matter how up in the scales you are of, of doing something in this world, you might still lack access to something like a freaking outfit to wear. And that, it's a glaring problem, but it is across the board. But you've actually used your fashion to create messaging. Uh, recently, you did this incredible, I don't even know if it's considered a dress, but you have a pride piece that came out. And I've seen it all over the gram because it is so iconic. Tell us, like, is that a dress? What that is and where that kind of came from? Like where that inspiration came from to make something like, because it literally, just to describe it to you all, you'll have to go and see it on social, but it almost is like wings. It's like, and when they open up, it fans into like this beautiful color. So how did that come to be that you started integrating your activism into your fashion? And, and tell me about this pride collection. Absolutely. Right from the beginning, we always try to include an aspect of storytelling within our collections. And right before I even begin the collection, it's always with that messaging that I want to put out into the world. And then it translates from there with what materials we use and, and what silhouettes the dresses become, as well as how we represent the piece, what, who's wearing it, how it's presented either on the runway or in lookbooks and, and whatnot. And we always have a focus on mental health awareness, body positivity, or authentic representation. And those are kind of the pillars of what pushed me forward as an individual as well as, as a brand. Um, so the, these pride collection pieces, I really just wanted something light and airy and fun to celebrate the incredible um, LGBTQ2S uh, individuals that we have in the community, as well as it is a, a take on our one of our gowns that was featured at the Golden Globes, uh, worn by Lady Louie, uh, that really represented Indigenous fashion as a whole and how incredible Indigenous fashion can be. And this piece, it, it is a top and a skirt, the, the pride piece. And yeah, just something light, fun, airy, put a smile on someone's faces. And we collaborated with two incredible influencers to represent those pieces. So Miles Sexton, um, you can see his incredible walk, incredible runway walk, even though we can't get yeah. on a runway show in person. Uh, yeah. Incredible. I watched it. It was amazing. <laughs> exactly. But, and then also Kyron Potts, who we put together a really cool uh, Instagram TikTok display for, for that piece as well. And it's really taken off. It's incredible. I've gotten the most views on that video that I have across anything. And it's freaking me out a little bit, uh, but just yeah. incredible. <laughs> So you've heard me before go in on how much I love Hydrojug. You've seen it in my Instagram stories. I've talked about it on the podcast. We've even talked about the importance of hydration, especially when 75% of us are dehydrated. We know that water is crucial to our health. We also know that these hydro jugs are absolutely adorable. But today I want to talk about the fact that they're just amazingly convenient. This is why I bring it everywhere I go. Because the straw is reachable from my bedside table, I like to just go over and sip it in the middle of the night because breastfeeding, I have to hydrate myself so much more. I bring it around the house with me. It's in my office. During a podcast, I'm sipping from it. It's with me in the kitchen when I'm making dinner. All of these different things, the Hydrojug, I've just noticed because I'm not somebody who's very habitual. The Hydrojug has become something in my world that I literally 
use every single day, multiple times a day. And I feel like I'm actually on top of my hydration in a really real and tangible way. These durable, reusable jugs, they hold half a gallon. So you don't have to keep filling it up. You don't have to keep filling up some tiny bottle every hour. It's going to hold everything you need. You're only going to have to fill it up once again. So you're going to do your first one in the morning and a second one whenever you are ready for it. I know so many of you often ask me if I have a coupon code for the Hydro Jug, and I absolutely do. So you can get 10% off with the code papaya at thehydrojug.com. That's www.thehydrojug.com code papaya. You get to customize your jug, use my code papaya, and you're going to get 10% off the purchase. This is Amanda Hirsch from the Not Skinny But Not Fat podcast. You might know me from Not Skinny But Not Fat on Instagram, where I spend my time talking about reality TV, celebrities, everything happening, and pop culture every Tuesday, okay? I also talk to some of our favorite celebs and reality TV stars. We talk about what's going on. Tune in every Tuesday and just feel like you're talking with your best friends in your living room. Now, you are no stranger to huge attention, though, because you've had some pretty big celebs wear your stuff. Most recently, Lizzo that I saw. Is that the biggest? Is that the in your eyes? Is that the biggest that's happened when it comes to like somebody wearing your stuff? It is. She wears it not only just once, but like we saw it multiple times. Multiple times and multiple outfits. We were lucky enough to get in contact with our stylist in 2019 and have a location where we could send our work to her. And what was so exciting about that is she didn't choose to wear it on a red carpet for press. She wore it comfortably in her own home to work out, to feel comfortable and confident in her own skin. And to have that type of a presentation of our work was just so great to just show the designs and just show how, how comfortable you can be in your own skin. Yeah, honestly, it was such a huge moment because you saw her, she was doing it in multiple, like you saw her on TikTok and she saw it on Instagram and saw it in her stories. And it was like, holy crap, she loves this stuff. Mm -hmm. And it was just so cool to see it be your designs on somebody as big as Lizzo. Is there any other ones that you're just like, that kind of blew you away once they started wearing your stuff? (laughs) We recently addressed Maitreyi Ramakrishna who is a star of the Netflix Never Have I Ever series. And that show itself was just so, I I think, so great for representation. Um, Their their cast and crew were so incredible. And MyJ has such a great vision of who Mm -hmm. she wants to present herself as um, into the world. So it was really great to work with her as well. That's incredible. Now you have so much going on right now. There's so much that is is happening for you. You've always got something new on the go, always dropping new collections. Tell me a little bit about the scarf because this is, I'll be honest, when we do the papaya box and we have these like collaborative people come in, I don't think I ever could have possibly dreamt that someone like you would be in it. So when Joe called me and she was like, how do you, what do you think about Leslie? And I was like, uh, shooting for the stars. Yes, Leslie. But like, what do you mean? And she's like, well, we're in talks with her. Like, I think we're going to do, I think we're going to have it in the box. And I was like, you're kidding me. And so you designed 
a scarf, which is the third piece in the box. There's a bodysuit, an overshirt, and then you designed this scarf. Tell me a little bit about it and the inspiration behind it, because I think when people really even understand a little bit about the meaning, like when you told me, it even gave me like some chills, right? I'm just really excited about that and and its meaning behind it. So tell me a little bit about the scarf. Absolutely. So the background image of the scarf is actually a close-up view of our artistic work with copper. And copper has incredible attributes for healing. So we really wanted to include that conceptual idea of healing through fashion and bring it into the scarf collaboration. And then we photoshopped the colors of the, of the, uh, of the copper work. And we kind of were, were inspired by the Pink Papaya app color scheme. So we took that into our work and the scarf is kind of what we came out with. And I think it's so cool and so versatile and works great with the box, but also on its own. And what's so funny about it is like when we first decided on a scarf, I was like, yeah, scarves are cool. And now they're having like a hot moment, like scarves are everywhere. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize how obsessed we were joking about what scarves used to be at our shoot because we used to tie them on our waist and do all these fun things with them. But we had so much fun that day tying it into your hair. We, you know, I've found all of these ways of tying them on your body and stuff as well, which has been really cool to learn, but it's just been a really neat, it's honestly such a cool part to add into the box and especially you know, the fact that it comes out just a couple of days after Indigenous Peoples Day and we're mm-hmm. highlighting you, it just honestly, that part wasn't planned. We weren't like, okay, here, let's find an Indigenous designer and have it like the week. No, it that actually was like all just came to be. And it's so, it's so great that we get to do this together. But tell me a bit about how being Indigenous and kind of that history of yourself has lended itself into your work and your designs. Because there's the fashion part of you, and then there's the you, you, and then there's the history of you. And they really do come out in your work. You use a lot of well-known Indigenous folks in your, uh, Serene Fox would be a good example. Shalo, I've seen just recently in your campaigns. It's it's really neat to see familiar faces that we know as well in your stuff. But tell me a little bit about the integration between that culture and your work. Absolutely. Yeah. So my history within my indigeneity, uh, I didn't grow up in community and, and that type of background is pretty relevant to a lot of Indigenous individuals and trying to relearn in 2021 or, or in the past what it means to be Indigenous and how you identify and define your indigeneity for yourself. It's really something of a personal journey for me to figure out how I fit into this incredible world and how I define my indigeneity. So I take that through every collection and through every piece of artwork that I do, whether it's in the forefront of the concept of the collection that we're putting together, or if it's more of a personal exploration for myself. But fashion has given me this incredible platform to use my voice for the better. And I I really want to use this platform that I've been gifted to uplift other voices and other individuals and artisans who have incredible work that might not be seen by the mainstream eyes and might only be thought of as a niche. I really want to break that barrier and present Indigenous fashion to everybody because it is so beautiful and has such rich rich history. We've done this right from the beginning, but where we really kind of broke that mold was one of our collections that we showcased at Toronto Fashion Week, where we casted an all Indigenous, uh, all Indigenous showcase, all Indigenous models, all Indigenous jewelry, and really told this incredible story of of how incredible Indigenous people are. And that's just what I want to continue to do as a designer and, uh, and with the platform that I have. 
Now, with I just think that this begs asking the question because a lot of people get confused in terms of, you know, cultural appropriation. And your work is truly meant to tell the stories and showcase Indigenous work, but is still open for all to wear. Is that, is that, am I right to say that? Absolutely. It's, if you're purchasing pieces that are authentically Indigenous, that are made by Indigenous artisans or designers, it's meant for everybody to wear. Indigenous artists and designers would not create regalia or cultural garments for non-Indigenous people to wear. That's We, we know the background and the importance of, of those items, and, and that's not what we create as, as designers or artists. Um, so if you're purchasing authentic and you're purchasing right from the Indigenous source, then, then you're wearing something that you can wear and share the story of and where you got it and what the, that brand's messaging is. And thinking of fashion storytelling through fashion is just so incredible to me. That's a great way to put it. I I think that that's just, sometimes I think it's worth asking those questions and kind of making it a little bit more clear for people who are like, oh, that's so cool that you make that. Am I allowed to wear that? Am I allowed to do that too? So I appreciate you answering that. Now, I'm always very curious when it comes to creators and, you know, their process. And I think this all the time about songstress because I think every single time they have a hit song, like does Taylor Swift freak out when she has a hit song because she knows it's only going to be a hit for so long and then she's going to be required to have another one. I think the same thing when I see somebody go viral online for something they've done and it's like, it's almost like this. It's only a passing moment. When is it going to happen again? I've seen it with artists. I've seen it with so many different things. With design, how does that work for you? Do you kind of feel like, is it almost like an overflowing of ideas and you just have to pick a few? Or has it been at times like almost like writer's block? Do you ever get get that where you kind of get stuck on design and they have to like push yourself forward or have something amazing. That's a huge hit. I mean, you've been featured in Vogue where you're like, how am I ever going to do this again? Talk to me about that process and what it's like in your world. Cause I just think that's one of the, the neatest things to learn about people is their process and not just, I think we just see the highlight reel. We don't understand how much it goes into the background of it all. I think what keeps me true to who I am is I don't create designs or items that are supposed to be trendy and I don't follow the typical fashion trends. I create work for myself and and for my community and often the concepts that we put out through the storytelling of our fashion work is things that that have personally affected me or or people close to me. If it has to do with indigeneity or or representation or mental health. I started this brand when I was 22 and it really kind of took over my life and I, I put my mental health on the back burner. I didn't, I was so dedicated to the hustle and the grind that I didn't think about myself as the individual. I only thought about myself as the brand. So aspects like that, where the concepts and the, and the things, the messaging that we put out there is, is so authentic and true to who I am. I see that always continuing. And it just so happens that then I become featured in Vogue for, for an aspect of, of what we do. So it's, it's really exciting on, on the press side, but, but the work that we do is, is true to me and my community. That's amazing. It it honestly is an extension of you. And I think that's what a lot of people forget sometimes is that when somebody is their brand, there is so much like your life can get taken over very, very fast. And when we have conversations around like the hustle and the grind, it's I've been talking about this a lot lately, but the fact that we 
never glamorize rest. I, somebody said to me once, it was a podcast guest, um, Allison, who does Awesome with Allison, but she, or the Allison show, and she said, you know, the second we saw sequin shirts at the craft store that said hustle for, you know, all the old ladies coming in to, to do their crafts, we knew we had a problem. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's so true. We made it like this really trendy thing. And I think so many of us have in the pursuit of, you know, the next thing or the best thing, or just trying to make a living, it's really come to consume a lot of folks. So talk to me about your work balance. How do you make your, if you found any, what even a sliver of it? I think one of the things I want to ask every guest from now on is like, tell me how you make it work. Tell me how you do it because everyone has their different ways. And I know with you doing so much also as a person and as a brand, what does that balance look like for you? Where do you find those intersections for yourself? And where do you find that peace and that break that you can? At the beginning, pre-COVID, I didn't have that balance. I was saying yes to every project, trying to get myself out there. And because I had such a drive to change the industry that I would say yes to every project. And then at the end of the day, I might be crying over a dress or, or an issue. And I didn't have any anything to help that and help and, and support support those feelings and and support myself. So with COVID and lockdown, everything kind of came to a standstill on the on the business side, and I was really able to to self reflect and and my my mental health caught up with me, and it was very eye opening to see that if I'm not thriving, my business is not going to thrive, and it was getting to that point. So with COVID and lockdown and, and turning inward, I was able to begin therapy and begin focusing on my body and physical activity again. And just how important those things were to me that I forgot about or put on the back burner. So to to have those aspects reintroduced into my life and my work-life balance have been have been huge for me. And saying no to projects if it's getting to be too much. And to have the privilege to do so is great. And I will hope something I hope to continue in the future. Yeah. And I think that's an important thing to say is like the privilege to be able to say no, because I think that's one of the things that in the early days, when we talk about how much a lot of people do, there isn't a lot of choice. That is how you have to do it. And so it is hard to kind of, to understand that and acknowledge that like there has to be a break within things as well. You can't kind of run on those fumes forever. And I think, and I do wonder within the realm of COVID, if truly it's been really hard on our mental health, or like you said, it just kind of caught up. Like there's been, I saw somebody, Matt, I had Matt Hag did a post all about like, let's not pretend that we're returning to some euphoria of a life when we go back to it. We were busy. We were exhausted. We were all of these things. And now we're like, oh, we miss it. Like there is a lot that we had to learn this last year. And, you know, for me, a big one was like, I don't think I'll ever take for granted time with you know, my extended family again. I think that I will learn to say no to more because, you know, time doesn't equal capacity. And I'm really excited to do other things. Like I'm excited to travel again. I'm excited to, you know, see the world. I'm sure for you, actually seeing fashion on a stage again must be really exciting to think about. Absolutely. But similar to you traveling, I, being someone who grew up internationally and traveling every every few years, it was so innate to who I was. And I really kind of forgot that side of me when I was focusing on fashion and focusing on on becoming this incredible Canadian designer or, or however much I could take over that title that I forgot about who I was and how I grew up. And 
those things that make me happy with the escapism of traveling or discovering new cultures and, and people. I, yeah, I can't wait to be able to show again, but really just to travel as well. It's going to be something huge. And, and that's also where I get a lot of my inspiration for my designs is those new people and that sense of escapism and being able to focus and, and not be caught up in the day-to-day life of creating a business. I found a lot of people said that at the beginning of the pandemic, especially they're like, how are you supposed to be creative when you move from like room to room? And I'm thinking about you and I'm like, you'd be like staring at the curtains, like, all right, well, what can we do with that? It's hard. Like it is hard to find inspiration from the same spots over and over again. It's almost like regurgitating your scenarios. It did feel a little bit like Groundhog Day for a bit, but I think for a lot of us, eventually we, we did kind of dig deep and find out that even within all of these limits, there is so much much to creators that they, if they dig down and they figure it out to see, even to just consider that in this last year, you've had some of your biggest successes while like during COVID is such, it's such an interesting thing. You would think that it would be the opposite. You have no runway, you have no travel, you have no means to the people that you're normally around and like access to all of that. Also on top of that, we're going to hand you a heavy dose of like mental health, you know, problems to kind of deal with and cope with, and you're going to be stuck at home. And you came out swinging. This last Mm -hmm. year has been really, really cool. What would you say, you know, has been your personal career highlight? Do you have one that stands out in your mind? Oh, gosh. I don't have a specific one. And 2021 has been such a whirlwind that I feel like it's still coming. Um, Something that I'm like, wow, that's, that's it. But it's like, personally for myself, it's being able to see a client in my work on top of all all the storytelling that we do just to see a client in my work and in our studio changing room and see the smile on their face when they put on a garment that fits them and is made for them and their body. In addition to supporting uh, my brand and all that we do, that smile on their face is really the highlight for me day in and day out. Honestly, still cracks me up that the last time I saw you, I was like, oh my gosh, I love that skirt. Where is it from? And you're like, it's mine. (laughs) All right. (laughs) You could just make your own clothes. You really do have such a unique take on fashion and it it is truly so iconic, but I want everyone to kind of experience it for themselves as well. Tell everyone where they can find you, where they can shop Leslie Hampton and, you know, take it from here. Absolutely. Yeah. You can shop Leslie Hampton at lesliehampton.com. You can find me on Instagram and TikTok, Leslie underscore Hampton. Find me on Twitter at Leslie Hampton. And if you want a custom piece or you want to talk to me, my email is info, I-N-F-O at lesliehampton.com. A lot of our clients find our pieces and then email me directly. And and we have a conversation about what they want. If it's something a little different than our designs and uh, that custom work is is also great for us as well. Yeah, I that's like a life goal for me. I was supposed to go to an award show this last year and that was like in my head I was like, "Oh my gosh, I need to get a dress from Leslie." <laughs> and now I'm just like, "One day it'll happen. This is going to happen again." <laughs> I just adore everything that you're doing. It's been such an honor to work with you on the papaya box, but it's also just such an honor to watch you rise and do so much not only for yourself but for indigenous people everywhere. How it reflects in your work and, you know, your activism I have to say is done in such a beautiful way. It is artful activism and it's really, really inspiring. And I just love everything you're doing. I can't wait to see what's next because I know there is always going to be something next when it comes to you. So I can't thank you enough for spending this time with us today and getting, letting us get to know the Leslie Hampton behind the brand as well. So thank you so much. Uh, thank you for having me, Jimmy Gwitch. 
Well, friends, thank you so much for tuning in and listening to today's episode. For more information on this episode, check out the show notes or find us on Instagram at the papaya podcast. And if you loved what you just listened to or know somebody who would, please share it. Simply screenshot today's episode in the podcast app and share it to your Instagram stories. And don't forget to tag us. Last but not least, if you'd like to lend your personal support to the podcast, take a moment and leave a review on iTunes. We would be oh so grateful. Tune in next week for a fresh new episode of the Papaya Podcast, and we'll see you then.